This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I'm taught the Word of God. My life has changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Give five people a high five, and then you may be seated this morning. Well, my dear friends, I was so alarmed by the inflation numbers, I decided to once again teach Oral Roberts' principles on the miracle of seed faith giving. A woman in the church reported that out of all the products her company represents, they were up on average 30% in one year. And a young man in the church came to me and told me that his family had just crossed the $1 million mark and net worth, and I asked him, do you feel wealthy? And he said, no. You've got BlackRock buying up homes. You've got Bill Gates buying up farmland. Now we find out the Chinese are buying up a bunch of farmland. You've got Biden printing $1 trillion every six months. It's literally a recipe for disaster for the middle class and for retirees. Millions. Millions will slide into poverty in Biden's four years. Millions. This is where we are as a country. And so if God's people do not learn how to walk in miraculous financial provision and start believing God and start confessing the word of God and start following the leading of the Holy Spirit and start taking action on the word of God, millions of Christians in this country will sink from the middle class into the ranks of poverty simply because of inflation. And I don't want that to happen to you. So we have once again taught what I have not taught in 16 years, Oral Roberts' principles on the miracle of seed faith giving. Every Sunday we've been giving you Smith Wigglesworth's favorite verse in the Bible. He was the greatest healing minister of the 19th century. And that is Mark 4, 28, for the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. In other words, this is how faith works. That's why he loved that verse, line upon line, precept upon precept, progress, progress, progress. It's not magic. Amen. Shout progress. progress. So we're teaching on the miracle of seed faith giving, and I'm showing you how you can use this principle in your life to step up to the next level financially. And when you get to the next level, don't stop. Tell your neighbor, don't stop. Because in God, there's no limit to how far you can go. And I've given you, Oral Roberts, three principles of seed faith giving. Number one, God is the source of your supply. Thank God for the job. Thank God for what you make in investments. Thank God for all of that. But that's not your source. We look to the Lord. Amen. Number two, God wants to be first in your life and in your giving. Whatever you give, give it as seed faith. Number three, when you give, expect a miracle. And this is key. When you give, expect a miracle. When you give, expect God to use it to further his gospel, but also to multiply back into your life in the form of meeting your needs and empowering you to reach your faith goals. Now, our basic premise in this series is if your giving is not a stretch, it's not faith. You know, a lot of people are giving, for example, in the challenge offerings what they were giving in the challenge offerings 10 years ago. That's not faith because you should have made progress financially and what you gave five or 10 years ago in the challenge offering would not be a stretch for you today. So it's like Dodie Osteen always used to say, we got to stretch our faith. Amen. Do this. Say, I got to stretch my faith. 
Say it out loud. God is my source, so I'm going to give so that it will be given back to me. And after my seed is in the ground, I'm going to believe God for my harvest. Now, we've been saying that all things being equal, if you're a moral person and if you're a tithing Christian and if you are industrious, that is not a slacker. What is the difference between Christians who dramatically pull ahead and others who are just kind of blessed? And the answer is right here in this series, the miracle of seed faith giving. And we've been giving you four mistakes people often make in their giving. Hopefully as you hear this message or this series, you'll see these for the mistakes they are and counteract the temptation to give into these common mistakes among God's people first. Too many of God's people are not doers of the word of God and don't follow biblical instructions on giving God the first 10% of everything that crosses their hands. Two, even among tithers, too many of God's people don't give what the Holy Spirit tells them to give above and beyond the tithe. Third, when people do give, they do not attach expectancy and anticipation to their giving. They do not follow that third principle of oral roberts they do not expect a miracle and fourth too many of god's people separate out sunday from monday through friday and they don't take god to work with them they do not perceive or envision god's power at work in their lives financially on a daily basis all right let's get into the word this morning so many people today feel as though they are living in the realm of luck Sometimes good things happen to them, and sometimes bad things happen to them. It's all a matter of luck or chance. Others feel as though they are the victims of some kind of fate, that no matter what they do, their life keeps right on following some predetermined course. Such persons have come to believe that no matter what they do, they cannot make a difference. They're just on some kind of treadmill that leads them nowhere. Still others feel like life has no purpose, no meaning, no way out, and no way through. They face their challenges and their disappointments in life alone, relying only on their own strength, their own wits, and their own abilities. But thank God, thank God, thank God, you and I do not have to live this life only In the natural realm, we can live in a realm where God puts some of his super on our natural, empowering us to live supernatural lives right now. Lift both hands and say, thank you, Father God. You are so gracious and so kind. You are willing to put some super on my natural. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we don't sit home and smoke the bong and wait for the check and believe God. We go and we do. We go to work. But when we go to work, we take God with us. Can you see it? Amen. He is with us. Say it out loud. Well, we sang about that this morning, didn't we? Say it out loud. He is with us. Our great God has made every provision for us to come through every adversity and to overcome every obstacle All we have to do is access the power he has made available to us through Jesus Christ. I say without apology, I don't care what year it is, all things are possible for them that believe, and that means all things are possible for you. I said all things are possible for them that believe, and that means all things are possible for you. Matthew chapter 9 And uh, today's going to be a little rugged because I've seen things in this chapter this week I've never seen. So tell your neighbor, buckle your seatbelt. Verse 18, while he was saying this, a ruler came and knelt before him and said, shout it, and said, my daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. So is his confession negative or positive? Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, shout it out loud, she said to herself, 
She said to herself, if only I touch his cloak, I will be healed. So was her confession negative or positive? positive. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Shout, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment when Jesus entered the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd. He said, shout it out loud. He said, go away. Well, that's great because some of you, you need to practice this. You know why your life's a mess? Because you never said go away. <laughs> go away. The girl is not dead but asleep. All right. Now I've been mulling this over. There's not one miracle Jesus did that was not performed in the Old Testament. Immediately somebody might say, ah, but walking on water, no, no, no. Walking on water was simply the suspension of the law of gravity. Moses did it, parting the Red Sea. Elijah did it, parting the Jordan River. Elisha did it, parting the Jordan River. And I don't remember if it was Elijah or Elisha did it, making the axe head float. There's not one miracle Jesus performed that was not performed by a prophet in the Old Testament. Now, why bring that up? Because that ought to help you see that what was possible for them is possible for us. Now, we don't, that doesn't mean we play with it, but what it means is when there's an emergency, something comes up, you need a miracle. Say it out loud. What God did for them, God will do for me. And he said, see, why, why would he say something like this? The girl is not dead but asleep because he had faith in his words and he fully expected what he said to come to pass. After the, but, but they laughed at him. Tell your neighbor, they laughed at Jesus. Tell the neighbor on the other side, they laughed at the Son of God. But they laughed at him after the crowd had been put outside. He went in and took the girl by the hand and she got up. Put the crowd outside. News of this spread through all that region. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, Son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and, asked, and he asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied, or they said, shout it out loud, they said. They said. And was their confession positive or negative? Positive. Then he touched their eyes and said, shout it out loud, and said, according to your faith, will it be done unto you? According to your faith, will it be done unto you? Jesus said, according to your faith, will it be done unto you? And yet in my lifetime, the vast majority of Christians I have come across have made no effort whatsoever to grow their faith. And the only way we can grow our faith is to hear the word of God, confess the word of God, and take action on the word of God. Listen, the only way we can grow our faith is to hear the word of God, confess the word of God, and take action on the word of God. There's no other way. There's no other way. James 1.22, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving or deluding your own self. See, if you hear the word and you don't take action on the word, you're deceiving or deluding your own selves. NIV says, do not merely listen to the word, so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Tell your neighbor, do what it says. Tell the neighbor on the other side, do what it says. And I'm going to get into this in the Holy Week Revival 2023, if we're still here, and I'm going to teach this, that whatever part of the word you don't do is what will bite you later. What, if you don't do the word on marriage, it's going to bite you. If you don't do the word on child rearing, it's going to bite you. If you don't do the word of God on money, it's going to bite you. How about even this? Bodily exercise profits a little. 
well, it just profits a little, Pastor, so I ain't going to do that. Well, it's going to bite you. Hallelujah. You got to take action. If you find it in the Word of God and you are not taking action on it, you got to take action on it. It's in there for a reason. Isaiah 119, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat to the good of the land. Not just willing, obedient. Not just obedient, willing. The Living Bible says, if you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, I will make you rich. Number one, if you're taking notes, tell your neighbor, this is good stuff. You ought to write this down. <laughs> Number one, the ruler had a positive confession. Number one, the ruler had a positive confession. Verse 18, while he was saying this, a ruler came and knelt before him and said, my daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. If you ever stand in a prayer line, you ought to say, when, when he or she lays hands on me, I will be healed. Don't be rehearsing the complaint. Don't be rehearsing the problem. Don't be talking about the symptoms. Don't be rehearsing the symptoms to yourself because, see, that's your past. That's not your future. And you ought to say to yourself, or say it out loud, as soon as he or she lays hands on me, I will be healed. Number two, number two, the woman with an issue of blood had a positive confession. Tell your neighbor, this is all in the Bible for a reason. Tell the neighbor on the other side, this is all in the Bible for a reason. Verses 19 to 21, Jesus got up and went with him. And I want you to see the heart of Jesus. He went with him. He didn't say, make an appointment. He didn't say, I'm too busy. He didn't say uh, anything else. He went with him. Kind. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. Just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. That's positive. That's not negative. We saw last Sunday, you got to get your eyes off the problem and you got to get your eyes on Jesus. Number three, Jesus responded to the woman's positive confession with a positive confession of his own. Number three, Jesus responded to the woman's positive confession with a positive confession of his own. Verse 22, Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. Was it Jesus' faith that healed her? Now, now listen carefully. Was it Jesus' faith that healed her? God wants you. Now, we've been talking about this on Wednesday nights. God wants you to grow your own faith. And people tend to not understand that they can have faith in their own faith. God wants you to grow your faith. God wants you to not be dependent on someone else's faith. God wants you to get your prayers answered. Your faith has healed you. Number four, Jesus responded to the, to the ruler's positive confession with a positive confession of his own. Verse 23, when Jesus entered the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd, he said, go away. The girl is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him after the crowd had been put outside. Now, I'm going to get into this in the Holy Week revival in 2023. I'm going to basically, I'm going to take everything I've been reluctant to talk about for 49 years and two months, and I'm going to shove it into six days. <laughs> I mean, the Lord's coming, and I'm 66, I think, and uh, so, I mean, I, I got I to gotta say it and teach it at some point, right? I'm going to give you a preview. You have to, a few years ago, Aaron Wood made a, uh, an observation. He said, there's something about your life. He said, now, after watching you two decades, I see there's something about your life that has given you great power, and that is the ability to set aside a wrong relationship. The ability to set aside someone who has gotten off. 1993, Kenneth Hagin taught Days of Heaven Upon the Earth in his Winter Bible Seminar. You can get this from Austin. The ninth message. The ninth message, minutes 49 to 52. He talks about how that when it comes to people who have gotten off, you can't be all mushy. 
You got to deal with it. You see, if a man commits adultery, he hurts his wife, he hurts his family, maybe he hurts someone else, maybe he hurts someone else's family, but that's the end of the damage. But when someone gets off theologically, they hurt hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands, depending on their level of fame, they can hurt hundreds of thousands. And Kenneth Hagin said, you can't be mushy about it. You got to deal with it. Now, in this story, Jesus said, go away. Then he put them outside. You're not going to get a miracle. You're not going to get an answer to prayer until you come up with the guts and the fortitude to tell some people to go away and to put them outside your life. Now, the way we handle this is we say to ourselves and our family, we say to ourselves and our family, we wish them well with their life, but they cannot be a part of ours. And then to, to be a doer of the New Testament, to be a doer of what Jesus taught, every time their face pops into my head, I say out loud, God bless them. Bless them, Father God. Bless them. We bless those who curse us. We don't, we don't have the attitude like Kenneth Hagin. I'm talking about the one who went to be with the Lord in 2003. We don't have the attitude like the world. You spit on me and I'll spit on you. That's not Christ-like. We're not doing that. That's not what Jesus taught. Every time they, they, they come to mind, every time their face pops up in our memory, we say out loud, I say out loud, Father God, bless them. And it's more dangerous than ever. Just this month, we're still in August 2022, a friend of mine had an apostate in to speak. Someone who teaches that the words of Jesus do not apply to us today. I don't know how else you could define that except apostasy. What is apostasy? To deny the tenets of the faith. I mean, literally, if we, if we go by the definition of the Apostle John and 1 John, that's an antichrist. Someone who says that the words of Jesus do not apply to us today. And, and they're so ignorant. They're so stupid. They're so illiterate. They're so deceived. They don't even understand what they're saying because you go to Revelation 22 and post Death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus said, outside are the dogs, and then he gives a list of sins. And then after that, another friend of mine invited a different apostate to speak. And now, a charlatan's coming to the Metroplex three times between here and the end of the year. Why is he doing that? Well, because he doesn't teach his own people the word of God on money. So he's got to run all over the country trying to raise money. It's not, about, it's not about people. It's not about God's people. It's about money. Now listen, there are many, 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 many pastors at home minding their own business, teaching the word of God and guarding their flocks. They are out there. I could stand here and name names until the sun went down. They are out there, but among traveling ministers, I have come to this place. There's not a single one that I have confidence in. Not one. Because they are either apostates, there's three kinds traveling that I know of, full gospel in America today. There's apostates, there's charlatans, and there's friends of apostates or charlatans. And I've just come to this place. I'm not hanging out with whores, and I'm not hanging out with people who hang out with whores. Well, that's awful strong, Pastor. If you only knew, 
And this guy coming to the Metroplex three times between here and the end of the year, his shtick is joy. But behind the scenes, I have never met such meanness and vindictiveness in 49 years and two months. Now, when you think of Jesus, do two adjectives that pop into your mind, are they meanness and vindictiveness? No. Now, he was strong. He was tough. Yeah, but pastor, you know, you're tough. Well, Jesus overturned the money tables of the, the money changers, the tables of the money changers, and Jesus went to the cross. Look, there's, there's none of these metro woke progressive pastors and ministers could go to the cross. He was tough, but he was not mean, and he was not vindictive. So, and everybody that's not here, everybody's coming at 11, you, you tell them, you better, you know, thank God for Austin, but you better listen to Pastor's version at 9 o'clock because <laughs> he has given you his warning, and if you go out here and you pick up a demon or you get messed up or you turn into a total absolute weirdo, I'm not going to meet with you and I'm not going to help you because you will have become a friend of an apostate or a friend of a charlatan, and I'm just not going to do it. I've done too much, I've lived too long, I've come too far, and I'm not going to get cooties at the end. <laughs> it's sad. Famous local guys having in apostates and charlatans. I'm not doing it. I told Austin that this month, is it still August? I told Austin, I said, well, we're going to have to be like Abraham and Isaac. We're going to have to walk up the hill alone. Now, I'm not talking about pastors. I could stand here till the sun went down and name names of good, solid pastors who are minding their own business, teaching the word of God, and guarding their flocks. I'm talking about traveling ministers. It's sad. Oh, so here's the rule. The Lord gave me this this morning praying because I was going round and round and round and round and round and what to say and what not to say, and he gave it to me. If you're thinking about going to hear a traveling minister, ask yourself this. Have they been at Faith Christian Center in the last 12 months? And if the answer is no, don't go see them. And you have to understand, you, yeah, but pastor, you know, so-and-so's famous, you couldn't get him. Look, We are famous. I asked Glenn Mink how we, were, how we did on offerings. And he said, well, Brother Gene, I'm, we've known the Minks since the 70s. He said, well, Brother Gene, he said, when it comes to offerings, Faith Christian Center is not even on the planet. Faith Christian Center is a satellite orbiting the planet. <laughs> so we call, they'd come. But you know what? We ain't calling. Amen. Amen. You know what they're out there saying right now? He don't call. He don't write. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I'm just not sure about everybody else. Amen? Amen? So he said, get out. Sometimes you come home and your teenager's got somebody there, and you need to say what? Yeah. Or how about this? Go away. Yeah, but we're supposed to bless them. That's right. You go away, and then I will say, God bless you. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, 
He's getting this out of the Bible. Tell the, other, the neighbor on the other side, he's just doing the word. Verse 24, Jesus said, go away. You're not, listen to me carefully. He was about to do, perform a miracle for this ruler. And raising the dead is not like curing a headache. And to get ready to prepare to lay the groundwork for this miracle, he had to tell the scoffers and the naysayers and the laughers, get out. Go away. Go outside. And this same Jesus in Revelation 22 is the one that said, outside are the dogs. So he said, go away, the girl is not dead, but asleep, but they laughed at him. Tell your neighbor, they laughed at Jesus. So, so listen, you cannot change your life so the world won't laugh at you. You know, I'm sure when I walk into a, a Stanley Korshak or Neiman Marcus or the Mercedes store, they may say to themselves, you know, here comes that crazy Pentecostal preacher. I don't care what they say. I just, I just am there to buy what I need, and then I'm going to go home. I'm not going to live my life so they won't laugh. I don't care if they laugh. I don't care if they laugh. When I get in my car, I'm laughing. When I go to my house, I'm laughing. When I pull up to the gates and wonder who lives there, I'm laughing. When I come to Faith Christian Center and think about there's no debt on anything here, I'm laughing. And when the rapture happens, I'll be laughing the whole way up. So it doesn't matter if they're laughing. The only thing that matters is if you're laughing. Amen. And when you get your answer to prayer, you'll be laughing. Amen. When you get your miracle, you'll be laughing. Amen. They laughed at him after the crowd had been put outside. Tell your neighbor, they're not going to go willingly. I always think of Fred Flintstone, the opening, you know, where he puts the cat outside. Man, you got to put that cat, and the cat comes back. And you got to put it out. Got to put it out, put it out, put it out. And you know what I do? I block them on my phone. Even if they write or call, I don't want to know about it. Amen. To get answers to prayer. To get miracles from God. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. We know from another gospel, he said, Talitha Kuhm in Aramaic, little girl, I say to you, get up. She got up. News of this spread throughout all the region. Number five, the two blind men had a positive confession. The two blind men. Number five, the two blind men had a positive confession. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and asked them, do you believe, and he asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord. Say it out loud. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. T.L. Osborne used to say all the time, the key to everything is to learn how to say yes to the Lord. Say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. They replied, they said, number six, Jesus responded to the two blind men's positive confession with a positive confession of his own. Are you getting this? Three miracles, three positive confessions, and Jesus answers positive confessions with positive confessions. Matthew 9, 29, then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, will it be done to you? According to your faith, will it be done to you? Three miracles in a, in a row, three positive confessions in a row, and Jesus proved himself consistent in his approach and in his response. Jesus is the high priest of our profession or our confession. I said, Jesus is the high priest of our profession or our confession. Jesus, our Lord, is watching over our words. Why? Because he is the high priest of our profession or our confession. Jesus is sitting right now at the right hand of the Father, Father awaiting the words of our mouths. He is there right now waiting to see what we will say. 
He is waiting to see whether or not we will speak words congruent with his word. That means agreeing with his word or whether we will speak words contrary to his word. Hebrews 3, 1, King James, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. The Greek word there is homologia. Homo, you know what that means. Logia means word, same word. Homologia, same word. To say the same thing. To say the same thing. You might say, Pastor Gene, why, why is the Word of Faith movement not as big as it was? Why, why aren't there as many people teaching and preaching the Word of Faith like there, there used to be? Well, because we live in the era of every man's theory, idea, and opinion. Social media has destroyed a whole lot of faith. See, my... my I had a guy ask me, a minister's son asked me about cars years ago. I said, you don't want to ask me about cars. I'm very opinionated about cars. See, I'm allowed to have an opinion about cars. But I'm not, I'm not allowed to have an opinion about adultery. See, I'm, I'm allowed to have an opinion about architectural styles. But I'm not allowed to have an opinion about tithing. You know, Sue was telling me all about this pizza place, latest, greatest, you know, super duper, you know, pizza in Fort Worth. She brings some home, and I'm thinking, you know, this is just cardboard. <laughs> so I'm allowed to have an opinion about pizza. But I'm not allowed to have an opinion about taking the name of the Lord in vain. Do you see what I'm talking about? Some things I'm allowed to have an opinion on. But if the Lord has spoken on a subject, I'm not allowed to have an opinion on that. My job is to say the same thing. And listen, this is when your life will gain traction and this is when your life will gain power because what you think or your opinion on God's issues are not worth bird dung. When you can, when you can tighten up your mouth and batten down the hatches and get some guts and say, stand against the winds and the waves of the culture and you can have the holy audacity to stand tall and hold the line and say what God says, then you'll have power with God. Then God will answer, then your prayers will be answered, and then you will receive miracles from the Lord. But if you think this, and you have a theory about that, and you have an opinion about this, well, then you're just like everybody else. You're a Kardashian. You're, 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 you're Lady Gaga. You're nothing. Nothing. And I, I say this in all humility. I've done a lot of cool stuff. I have. God has blessed us. You know, We stayed in a fabulous suite, the best hotel in the world, flew the Concorde. I've done a lot of cool stuff, but nothing, nothing, listen to me, nothing, nothing compares to having power with God. Amen. Nothing. Amen. Nothing. You can't even measure the difference. Nothing compares to having power. With God. Amen. So you just got to give up theories, ideas, opinions. And then, then on apostates and charlatans, you got to say, you know, go away. And they have to be put outside. What does that mean? Outside your life. They're out there. They're operating. Every time we think of them, we say, God bless them. But we don't let them in. We don't let them into our hearing. It was really cute. 
when uh, during the week of increase, we had lunch one day with pastors from Rochester, New York, Jeremiah and Julia Thomas, and, and he asked me the oddest question. He said, he said, people are asking me all the time who to listen to. He said, he said, so who could I recommend they listen to except you and these dead guys? <laughs> and I told Sue and Austin later, it is the strangest thing. It never occurred to me that they're dead. To me, Kenneth Hagan, Sr., the one that went to be with the Lord in 2003, John Osteen, Fred Price, in his early days, in his early days, they're my cloud of witnesses. They're there right now. They may be dead, but they're not dead to God. Amen. And they're not dead to me. Amen. Can you see that? Amen. They're my cloud of witnesses. Hebrews 11 is the hall of fame, the faith hall of fame. Hebrews 12 begins by talking about now since we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. So, and they're not, dead, they're not dead to God. They're not dead to me. I mean, we've been teaching for weeks on all Roberts the miracle of seed faith giving. And these, this cloud of witnesses, they're cheering us on. And actually, the truth is, they wish they were here. They're up there right now saying to each other, man, I'm... I could have just lived another 10 or 20 years and been there for the end. And they're cheering us on that, that we would not be punks and money whores and, and apostates and charlatans, but that we would learn how to walk with God and have power with God like they did. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this morning's message is a huge part of it. Three miracles in a row, three positive confessions in a row, and Jesus matched their positive confession each time with a positive confession of his own. Hebrews 3.1, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, since he is the high priest of our profession, our confession, the word, word tells us to be care, very careful about what we say or profess, what we confess. You see, your profession, your confession, what you say is in and of itself a kind of sowing. We're in this series, The Miracle of Seed Faith Giving. Listen to what I'm saying. Your profession, what you say, what you profess, what you co confess is in and of itself a kind of sowing. Do you really want the harvest? Hebrews 4.14, seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Homologia, let us hold fast saying the same thing. Hebrews 10.23, let us hold fast the profession. Homologia, of our faith without wavering. Now, why would he say without wavering unless you were going to be pushed around by the winds and waves and tempted to waver? Let us hold fast the profession, saying the same thing, homologia of our faith without wavering, for he that... For he is faithful that promised. And remember what Jesus said, Mark eleven twenty two to 24. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have, he shall have, he shall have, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Shout out loud. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Shout out loud. I shall have whatsoever I saith. 
see, faith agrees with God. That's it, man. Faith agrees with God. And faith, talk, faith talks and faith says. Now let's tie all this together with Matthew 9 and the concept of Jesus being the high priest of our faith. And let's tie it all back together with our series, The Miracle of Seed Faith Giving. Jesus said in Mark 9, Matthew 9, 29, according to your faith will it be done unto you. According to your faith will it be done unto you. According to your faith will it be done unto you. So faith talks, faith speaks, but faith also has to be backed up by action. And this includes taking action on what you believe is evidenced by your giving. And then as I taught in the middle of the message, faith backed up by action in getting rid of the laughers, the scoffers, the critics, the naysayers, the barking dogs, and why do you need to back up your faith with confession and action? Because Jesus said in Matthew 9, 29, according to your faith will it be done unto you. So when you start giving to God above and beyond the tithe, you have to start where your faith is. You can't start where Sue and I are today unless you're at that level. You got to start at your level. And the good news is when you take action, when you begin employing these principles from Oral Roberts' book, The Miracle of Seed Faith Giving, you will change levels. It is inevitable. But when you change levels, don't say glory to God and stop. There's always another level. You simply cannot operate at someone else's faith level. And you cannot operate at another person's uh, financial level. You can only operate at your financial level, and you can only operate at your faith level. That's why we have to grow our faith. That's what we've been talking about on Wednesday nights. You cannot afford to stay where you are. Listen, they're printing a trillion dollars every six months. It costs $150 to fill up a pickup truck. You cannot stay where you are, because if you stay where you are, you're going backwards. And speaking of action, one of the greatest prosperity principles in the Word of God is found in Proverbs 11.25. A generous man will prosper. He refreshes others, will himself be refreshed. Jesus said that when you operate in seed faith, there's no limit to how far you can go. Matthew 17.20, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there. If you what? If you what? Say... If you say, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, why is he talking about seeds? Because a lot of people are doing a lot of saying and they're not doing any sowing. Your saying without sowing will not have power. I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. When you say Without sowing, when you say it without sowing, <coughs> you don't have power. Your words don't have power. But in this series, we have been teaching three principles from Oral Roberts' book, The Miracle of Seed Faith Giving. And when you say, having sown, then your words have power. If you have faith as a seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you. There are three miracles in Matthew 9. Nothing will be impossible for you. Matthew 9, 29, Jesus said, according to your faith, will it be done unto you? Matthew 17, 20, Jesus said, nothing will be impossible for you. Matthew 19, 26, Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. Mark 9, 23, Jesus said everything is possible for him who believes. Mark 10, 27, Jesus said all things are possible with God. Luke 1, 37, Jesus said nothing is impossible with God. Jesus said, eight, Luke 18, 27, what is impossible with men is possible with God. So there is nothing impossible. But you're not going to get there hanging out with apostates and charlatans and uh, having an opinion about adultery and having an opinion about tithing and having a, an opinion about church attendance and all the rest. If the Bible has got something to say about it, you must discipline yourself to say the same thing. And then you'll have power with God. And then sow a seed. Let's bow our heads. You may be here this morning.
maybe watching online, and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life personally and individually. Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. He didn't say it was a good idea. He didn't say it was highly recommended. He said, you must be born again. Revelation 3, he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. So we have to take action even to get saved. The Apostle Paul said, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and if you confess, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I don't want to be lost. I don't want to be undone. Like the video talked about, I don't want to go to a devil's hell. Pastor, pray for me. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to give my life to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift a High enough to where I can see it, we're going to pray. Pastor, include me in this prayer. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to give my life to God. You might be here this morning and you're backslidden. You're not living for the Lord like you once did. There was a time in your life you told the Lord that you loved him and you meant it when you prayed it. You confessed your sins and you meant it when you prayed it. But over the passing of time, you allowed yourself to go back to old friends or old habits or old lifestyles and you're not living for the Lord this morning. The word says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me. I'm away from God. I'm, I'm messed up. I'm not living for the Lord like I used to. Pastor, pray for me. I want to recommit my life to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up. Lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. Well, Father, I thank you for your word. It is an incorruptible seed. It has gone forth into the hearts of the hearers, and it will not return to you empty or void, but it will accomplish what you desire and achieve the purpose for which you've sent it. And for this, we give you our praise. Now, for the sake of those who may be watching somewhere in the world today, either now or later, let's pray the prayer. If you're watching online and you want to be saved, you want to be born again, just pray this prayer. Father God, I come before you in the name of Jesus and I confess that I am in need of a Savior. Time's gone by. I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing. I've lived for self. But today I turn from that old way of living and I give you my life. I confess my sins and I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart. God raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. I thank you, Father God, for not rejecting me, but for receiving me unto yourself and into your family. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. And everybody said amen. 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 If you're watching online and you prayed that prayer as a commitment or a recommitment, go to fccarlington.com salvation. Let us know about your decision and we'd be We'd be thrilled to send you a copy of our book, God's Very Own Child. Amen. Free without charge. Hallelujah.